Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. Man, do I have some good news for you today. We have Dr. Don Litchie and his wife Marcy with us today. And um, let me tell you who Dr. Don is, and I'll keep it short because I heard the longer the intro, the less important the person. So I should just finish. Uh, Dr. Don is, uh, he's the Vice President of Merge Ministries. Uh, that's counseling services that we have recommended many of you to. I myself have been to, my wife has been to, my kids have been to. It's who we go to because we can trust them. And he's vice president there, and um, he has also served as the interim twice because some people are like the go-to people, you know, when there's a problem, there's the go-to person. So I figured what a better thing to do than let the go-to man go to today. So uh, yeah, come Dr. Litchie and share with us. You're going to be blessed this morning. I will guarantee you that. Let's give Thank Dr. You. Litchie a big welcome. Thank you so much. Blessings to you. Welcome back. Does he look rested or what? I mean, seriously? <laughs> if, he, if he had more energy, I don't know what you'd do, but that is something else. Thank you so much for that warm welcome, Pastor Kevin and Robin, and Marcy is here. Um, we're glad to be here. And as you'll find out a little bit later today, I'm glad to be anywhere. And uh, I think that'll make a lot more sense in a little bit. If you'll take your Bibles, please, and open them to Paul's letter to... Uh, actually, it's the letter of Acts. Uh, Luke wrote it, but uh, it's about Paul. So much of it is. And my understanding is, is that you have been talking about Paul's playbook. But don't you know that there are sometimes, no matter how well you prepare, how well you practice, how well uh, everything seems to be in line, for some reason, things do not go according to plan. How many have had that experience? About everybody, I think that's true. Everything from plane delays to flat tires to unexpected breakdowns to sometimes health concerns and, and sometimes things that are even more serious than that. And that really is what we're going to talk about today, because one of the things that I'd like to do, number one, I just want to say thank you to our worship team. Uh, I don't get a chance to be a pastor very often. I get to minister to those who are in ministry. But uh, I do know this as a psychologist, that it's possible to have your body somewhere and your mind somewhere else. Isn't that true? I mean, you can, you can, I can look at you and I think you're here, but I'm not sure if you're here. I hope that you're here. But, uh, but one of the things that a worship team does is it leads us before the Lord and it allows our hearts and minds to be in the same place where our bodies are. And so praise God for the wonderful uh, leading of the worship of, of worship this morning. So praise God for your team. Uh, really well done. And I, I praise God for the excellence that you have. I do know that in a church like this, that one of the things that it's very clear to me is that excellence brings influence. And I think that your evangelism, the way that you reach out to your community, people are looking to see whether you do things well. And I can just tell just from looking around the church, everything from the parking lot to the landscaping to the cleanliness to the newness to the color to the ways in which you reach out 
very seriously and very intentionally. I just want to say praise God for Harvest Ridge. Praise God for your pastors, for your leaders. And praise God for the various ministries in which you're trying to work really hard, seriously hard, to reach this community for Christ. Not only to win people to know Christ, but then to grow people up in Christ. The saving of the lost is the evangelistic mission, but the, disciple, the, the discipleship mission really is the healing of the saved. And that's really a large part of what you're doing here. So I praise God for that. So will you bow with me in prayer as we look into his word? Father, through Jesus Christ and in your Holy Spirit, I thank you, Lord, for, for this church, this ecclesia, these who have been called out. Lord, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, will you take every good thing, every truthful thing, the, the truth of your word, will you please, Father, take that by the power of your Spirit, the long distance from the head to the heart. Lord, we know that if your word touches our hearts, we're going to be changed. And Lord, if we're changed, we're going to be your people in this community. Lord, we don't know where people's Malta is. We don't know where the unexpected things are. We don't know where the divine interruptions are going to come into our life. But I pray today that we will see every divine interruption as a kingdom opportunity. And we pray this in the name that is above every name that is unstoppable and the name to which every knee someday will bow. Yes. But we bow before you. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, be lifted up, I pray today. In your name we ask, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So I want to talk to you this today, just a, a few moments, about Malta. We'll talk about where is Malta? What in the world is this all about? And when you are in Malta, where does that take place? Malta, if you take a look, and I'll just, just kind of ask the people just to kind of follow along in the, the slides. The Malta experience uh, is, uh, it's a little tiny island. We'll show you the map of it in just a little while. But the background for the story today is found in this, le this letter of the beginnings of the church in the book of Acts. And if you'll turn there to Acts chapter 28, I'd like to read the first 11 verses of Acts chapter 28 and then give you a little bit of the background and then talk to you for a few minutes about the application of the fact that there are times when things do not go as planned in your life and to trust God Almighty that those divine interruptions are in fact kingdom opportunities. That's what I'd like to be able to share today. So Acts chapter 28, beginning with verse 1, we'll start to see these on the screen that, that once safely on shore, this begins with verse 1 of Acts chapter 28, it's the last chapter of, of the book of Acts. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. Sometimes your version may say the barbarians or, in other words, in this, the way that it's translated, just someone that doesn't speak our language. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and they welcomed us all because it was raining and it was cold. Kind of like this morning, but about 40 degrees cooler. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, uh, a viper 
A snake, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they quickly drew a conclusion as to why this happened. Now, can you, can you, at least on the slides, these Bible verses, can you just go ahead and a little bit stay up with me on that, Acts chapter 28? So, as it turns out, the snake was hanging from his hand, and they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess, Justice, has not allowed him to live. Now, can I just tell you that when you're going through a difficult spot in your life, people are going to draw conclusions as to why you're going through it. And in this case, they said, well, obviously he must be a murderer because he escaped from the sea with 276 others, and here uh, the, sna the snake fastens on his hand, so therefore he must be a murderer, and there is justice being done. So they watched for the show. But then Paul shakes off the viper into the fire, and he suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time, waiting, come on, die, go, 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 go. <laughs> and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds. Listen, don't believe all the press. <laughs> about why you're going through what you're going through. They changed their minds and said that he was a god. Can you imagine that? Murderer, didn't die, he must be a god, small g god. Well, there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island, and he welcomed us to his home, and he showed us generosity, hospitality, for three days, and his father was sick. Now, what was going on with his father? Now, I don't see these slides going up, because they're actually on the slides, if you just kind of advance and go along with me. But he was suffering from fever and dysentery. Now, dysentery, I don't want to be overly technical, but he had the scoots. <laughs> and this guy could not stop going. And uh, he was really sick. And Paul went in to see him, and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. And when this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured, and they honored us in many ways. And when we were ready to sail, and by the way, this was a long delay. Some of you have been delayed at an airport for, you know, a few hours. Marcy and I... Well, twice this year I've been delayed down in Texas, once in February with the snowstorm, and then once in June because of the heat overnight. So after three months, that's a long delay, yes? That's a long delay. Three months we put out to the sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 says this. It says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Listen to this. Making the most of... What's the word? Would say that one more time? Every opportunity, because the days are evil. 
And uh, so I just want to talk to you today for a few moments about the goal of what we're talking about today is talking about unanticipated delays, reversals, interruptions, and the question is, is what do you do when you are in your own personal Malta? Because I can tell you that despite how well uh, your pastor's bringing out Paul's playbook, and may I say, listen carefully to what he has to say. A lot of preparation, a lot of study, a lot of getting into the, the, the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. But I can promise you that sooner or later there is going to be an interruption in your life that you had not anticipated. There's going to be a delay. There's going to be something that goes on that you had not thought about. There will be a divine interruption. But I would like for you to consider this, that it would be a kingdom opportunity. And my question to you this morning is, where is your Malta experience? So let's talk about the background of the study. Well, who is it we're talking about? Well, we're talking about Paul. We're talking about the fact that he was shipwrecked, even though, as you see, if you go back a couple of passages and uh, chapters, he said, look, guys, we're heading to a storm. I mean, Paul knew storms. I, I personally would not like go sailing with Paul. He was shipwrecked three times. That's right. Can you imagine, like, hey, do you want to go on a sailing trip? Uh, you know, I'm going to clean the furnace today. I don't think that's going to work out. I mean, I don't think I would want to go sailing with him because on three separate occasions, he was shipwrecked. Well, what happened here, there was an interruption. And when this happened was on his way to Rome to face Caesar against false charges. So why was this going on? Because of his faith in Christ. And there's false accusations. Several chapters in the book of Acts talk about the whole story, the trials, the false accusations, the attempted murder. They're trying to take him out. And Paul finally says, you know what, guys? Enough is enough. I appeal to Caesar because he was also a Roman citizen. And so the, the leader said, okay, you appeal to Caesar. To Caesar, you're going to go. Well, Paul had on his mind, I want to get to Rome because I want to be able to preach the gospel in Rome. That was his playbook. That was his plan. Well, talk about sometimes when you remember when your plans did not work out. Was it an airport delay? Was it a some other time that there was there? Sometimes you have a flat tire. This is a picture of a flat tire, in case you just want to know what that looks like. How many have had that experience? Or you've been at an airport, and uh, the flight is delayed. You show up, for example, but the, uh, the plane is not there. Uh, you've had that happen. Delay, delay, delay. Or maybe it's been something that has been much more serious in your life where you go to the doctor's office and you've had this ache or this pain or this something's not quite right and you haven't been feeling so good. And your life, you've got all these plans and all these dreams about where your life is headed. And the doctor says to you, I've got not good news for you. Your life is about to change. I can tell you that that is going to happen sooner or later to all of us. There's going to be an interruption in your plans. That's going to happen. So here's the background of the story. Here's Paul. Starting in Acts chapter 21, Paul is arrested 
falsely. He's put on trial. It's a sham trial. He goes and he appeals to Caesar. And in Acts 27, they begin this voyage and there's a shipwreck. They don't know where they're at. Paul could have said, I told you so. In fact, he did say that. If you had only listened to me. How many of you have a spouse that has that divine gift of saying, I told you so? Marcy is so careful not to do that very often. In Acts chapter 28... They said, where are we? we? They had no idea where they were. It was a storm, weeks of storm, and they were starving, and they were cold, and they were wet, and the ship starts to break apart. And they said, you know, it's kind of like when I was a kid, we used to say, all for one, and one for, and then we used to say, every man for himself. <laughs> So that's what happens. They, they get on this shore, and uh, they, they don't know where they're at, and then it turns out that they have to build a fire. Here's a map of kind of where this place, Malta, is like. It's this little teeny tiny island just south of Sicily, a small island, and uh, what, the next slide shows a little bit about what happened there. They were cold, and they were wet, and they built a fire, and they were hopefully going to uh, get warm. There was 276 of them. And what happens there is that as they're building this fire, the heat from the fire drives a snake out. It grabs onto Paul's hand, and people come to conclusions as to why it happened. Now, that's going to happen to you. You're going to go through a difficult spot in your life, and people are going to draw conclusions as to why you're going through it. So be careful. Uh, people drew conclusions, and they said at first, well, he must be a murderer. Well, he shakes off the snake into the fire, and they said, oh, my goodness, he must be a god. Well, the word starts to... Now, listen, this was an unanticipated stop, yes? He was on his way to Rome to face trial and to bring the gospel to the city of Rome. That was his goal. That was his mission. That was his plan. It did not work out the way that he thought it would be, and nor will your plans always work out the way that you want them to be. There will be, at times, an interruption. So what happens is that the reputation of there's a God amongst us. So he gets invited to the chief Hubah of Malta, and his name is Publius. And Publius treats us well. And I mean, after all, he's a God, you know. And uh, uh, why not treat him well? And then all of a sudden, Publius, his father is going, you know, he's going and going and going in the back room. And he says, hey, my dad's here sick. And Paul prays to God. He, remember, that's a good thing to do. First, he prays to God, and he goes and lays hands upon this man, he's healed, and the word starts to spread. In North Ridgeville, Ohio, the influence of this church is beginning, and it has begun, and it continues to permeate throughout this community. There's little boys and girls who are going to be introduced to Jesus Christ. There are the sick who are going to be visited. There are going to be people that are, that are hurting that are going to be, get a card in the mail. There are people in this community, there are schools, there's, there's institutions, there's government officials within this community of North Ridgeville that are being touched because of this church. That's what's happening. 
And Paul took the opportunity in Malta, a place he did not want to be, he'd never heard of, and he used that opportunity to bring the kingdom of God to that place. It's called the visit. <laughs> and then what else happened in Malta? In Acts chapter 28, verse 9, many, the scripture says, many were healed. Listen. And they were introduced to Jesus Christ since Paul always gave glory to God. And what else happened in Malta? The people honored us in many ways. They furnished supplies. They, we, we left on our way to Rome after a three-month delay. Now, my question is, when you are in a divine interruption in your life, what will you do? That's a good question. You're thinking about that. And you may begin to pray, Lord, I'm in the midst of this right now. This Dr. Don, he's here and he's talking about divine interruptions. Something's going on in my life that I had not planned, something I had not considered, something that was not in my playbook to do. And here I am, what's going to happen now? So what remained in Malta? I can tell you what remained in Malta. The kingdom of God remained in Malta. Possibly the establishment of a church. And I can tell you that when you go through a crisis, predictably, there's always going to be the shock of it. I don't believe this is happening. I had not expected this. And then typically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, you're going to go through a place of disequilibrium. There's going to be a storm. You're going to be wondering, where's God? What's going on? And then from the shock to the storm to the search, like, okay, what is the quote, what's the word these days? The new normal. What are we going to look like? But I can tell you that after the shock and after the storm and after the search, there is a sequel. In other words, there's the rest of the story. That's good news. And I can tell you that regardless of what we've gone through this last year and a half, there is the next phase of the story. So what do you apply this to? And our worship team is going to come up in just a moment. But I just want to say... This question to you, I ask you this question, where is your Malta? Where's your Malta? What are you going through right now that you had unanticipated? Because I could, as I read in the scriptures, Ephesians 5, 5 says to take advantage of every opportunity. And Romans 8, 28 and 29 says that we know that in all things, not just some things, but in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You know, all of us have a Malta story. All of us do. And part of my application today for you is this. Do you really believe that every means every? And do you really believe that all means all? That in the midst of your Malta experience today, that you, listen, that you may be going through that Malta experience in your own life right now. And you say, where's God? This wasn't in the plan book. This wasn't in the playbook. This was unanticipated. This isn't something, it was a bad doctor's report. My child has wandered off. I've had something happen in my life. There's been a reversal. 
something that was unanticipated. Paul decided to serve God in his Malta experience. And I want to challenge you, church, as you think about your own Malta experience. What are you going to do? Are you going to trust God just in the good times, just when the sun's shining, just when the, the boat is sailing along, or are you going to trust God in the midst of the storm of your life? I learned some lessons of my own that I'd like to share with you from my own Malta experience. It was 10 years ago this month that I was having some pain in my own back went to the doctor and he said, well, you know, you probably ought to go get this checked out and get some physical therapy. And they sent me to this big 600-pound gorilla and he just twisted me and turned me and twisted me and turned me and bent and shaped and nothing was better. And at the end of, the end of October, my spine fell apart and I was on the floor and I called upstairs to Marcy I said, honey, I've, I've fallen on the floor. I cannot get up. I don't know what's going on. They got me to the hospital. They did a biopsy. And two days later, I got the Malta news from the doctor who said, Don, your life is about to change. You're... I said, what do you mean by that? They said, well, you have a cancer in your bones called multiple myeloma. And your blood cells, your blood plasma is already occupied 70%. It eats away at your bones. Turns out when they did the x-ray, my spine had all these holes in it. My hips had holes in it. My L5 at the bottom of my spine just literally disintegrated, fell onto my sciatic nerve. And I was off of my feet for over eight months. I did not know if I'd be able to walk again. I asked the doctor, I said, what does that mean? Multiple myeloma, you're going to have to spell it. I don't even know what that is. So it's a very rare blood cancer, eats away at your bones. And I said, well, what does that mean in terms of longevity? They said, well, most people two or three years. Well, when I say I'm glad to be anywhere, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be with you. I say that story, that picture on the right is, go back just one slide, this, that picture on the right is me getting a stem cell transplant massive doses of chemotherapy for a year and they finally got it down low enough that they could take everything down to zero. They started everything all over again, put my stem cells in. I even had to get all my baby shots all over again. <laughs> the next shot is a little bit about me. I, I sometimes say, you know, some lessons that I learned in Malta. I said, you know, I'd be really cool if I had a goatee and some tattoos and you know, hair like that. But in those moments of darkness, in those moments of confusion where you don't know what's going to happen, that's why even today the passage of Scripture and our admonition from our worship team, be here today. Trust God today. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when you're going to have a life that's shipwrecked in some ways through your Malta experience. But I can tell you that God is good. And he's good in the good times, and he's good in the hard times. He's good in the smooth sailing, and he's good in the storms. And I believe that there's somebody here today that maybe needed to hear that. 
that maybe you're going through your own Malta experience. Well, as it turns out, with the support of my wife, family, friends, the church, I actually was able to finish the race that I had been training for, actually able to cross the line. But as you look at that picture, I just want you to notice something, that on either side of me, there's somebody that's holding my hands. And I tell you that we need one another in this community of grace. We need each other when we're going through our Malta experiences. And I just ask you, before Pastor comes up to conclude our time today, here's my question to you. Where is, where's your Malta? Where's your Malta? And will you, will you, church, will you trust God? Will you trust God in the midst of your Malta experience? Paul was confused. That wasn't in his plans. But the divine interruption was a kingdom opportunity. That's what I want to ask you about. Will you be able to see that divine interruption in your life as an opportunity for Jesus Christ to bring his kingdom into the place where you are, to bring the kingdom of God into your Malta. And I say that to you in Jesus' name. Will you receive it through Christ? Amen. The Lord bless you. Pastor? in our lives. I asked Dr. Litchie if he would do us a favor. He is a counselor, has helped a lot of people through a lot of grief and a lot of struggles. He talked about four S's, and I'm going to ask him to come back in a couple of minutes, and we're going to break that down just a little bit, all right? So don't go away. But we do need to do this now. We do now. We need to embrace where you're at before we can embrace where you're going. Before you can deal with what happened, what you're going to do with what happened, you have to be honest about where you're at right now. Okay? If you're at a position this morning that in your Malta is a place where you're struggling and something's happened, just sort of threw you off course and you're not sure what to do, God brought you here this morning, brought Dr. Litchie here this morning to tell you that there's a future coming and there's a past that happened, but the first thing you have to do with where you're at today, you have to let God step in to this moment today. Do you understand what I'm saying? It did happen. You're gonna have a future on the other side, one way or the other. You make the choice though. Will you let God in today? Today. Would you bow your heads with me? I've got a question I need to ask. You have not let God in. You have rejected him and run away from him and you're complaining at him or you're just resisting him. I don't know what it is, but, but you wanna say right now today, God, 
I don't understand why the sidetrack happened. I don't know why this happened. I don't like it. I don't know what to do about it. But I'm going to stop right now, right here. And I'm going to invite you in to this situation. I'm going to invite you in. If that's you right now. And you want to be invited in. You want to invite God in right now. That's you. I want you just to lift your hand. I want to pray with you right now. We're going to pray together. Anybody? Around this room. Come on. You know you need to invite God into the problem right now. You need to say, okay, God, be God here right now. Yes. Yes. Jesus, I pray right now that you see everyone that is stopping right now and saying, okay, God, I invite you in. I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would just now bring life and encouragement and hope and that you would reach down with the arms of love. You would embrace them. You would wrap them up and tell them that you love them. And even though they may not understand, they may not know what's going on, you still love them. And I pray that it would be very, very clear that your love is real and that your love is powerful and they would hear and respond. In the name of Jesus, amen. I wanted to end one way. I can't end this way. I got to invite Dr. Litchie to come back up. Could you come back up? <clears throat> you ran a marathon? Am I correct on that? 12 of them. 12 of them. <laughs> so you mean your, your Malta wasn't the end of you? No. No, Malta's not the end. That's a good thing. And you know, even Paul, after his three-month delay... The people blessed him. He went on to Rome, and he did exactly what God asked him to do. I'm not a runner. I'm a plotter. <laughs> I show up, and I try to finish without the ambulance. And um, <laughs> All right, so I, I, can, I can tell you that when you go through, and I just say some of you may just really be hurt or wonder where is God right now. Maybe you're upset at God for allowing you to have the Malta experience. And when that happened to you, there's usually the four S's are the shock that comes. It's just, it's something that, it just, it, something just rocks you. And then you go into this storm, this questioning, this wondering, where's God? What's going on? It's turbulence. It's like when you're flying along and the pilot says, buckle up, we're getting ready to go into, it's, it's unexpected, but you go through that turbulence, the, the storm. And then you move in from the shock and the storm into the search. Like, okay, God, where are you? What's my life about? What is this future really going to be? What are we going to look like as a church after COVID? It's that search. But I can promise you that after the shock and after the storm and after the search, there's the sequel. This is like... I still am here, I still love you, I have you, and you have a future for your life. And you have a future for you and for this church, for the team that's here. That's what it's all about. We serve the living God, a living, the living God who knows you and calls you by name. And he's not abandoned you in the midst of your Malta experience. He's with you. God bless you. Can you give us a little coaching then? Yeah. Say you're at the shock point. Let's say something yeah. happens, you don't understand, you don't feel it. Yeah. What, what, 
what does that look like? I mean, something happened that messed with you. Yeah, the what shock. We do? The, the shock is like, and usually the shock just lasts for a little while. Like I can't believe this just happened. The the phone call, the news, the accident, the something, and you just know that okay, all right, breathe. It's going to happen. It is happening. This is. I'm, I'm in the midst of this, and then you kind of anticipate that there's going to be turmoil. And so my coach to you is ride it through and don't lose your faith. Really, please don't lose your faith in the living God who knows you and loves you and is with you. Don't believe all the press about why you're going through it. Right. People are going to come to wrong conclusions. That's right. <laughs> Paul, he must be a murderer. He must be a God. <laughs> Paul just said, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. That's who I am. And he used that opportunity to bring the kingdom of God to that place. Can you coach us a little bit through the search stage? Yeah, then? the search. When things are going crazy in the storm, yeah. you're saying just calm down, reground yourself in faith. But there's a process yeah. to get out of it. Stay in the word of God. That's really important. Stay in the word of God. Be still before God. Quiet your heart before God. The scripture is so clear. Be still. Be still. Be quiet. And know that I am God. Be still before God. Be in the Word. Hold on to those things that you've known from the past, those lessons that you've learned, that, that Word of God. Hold on to that. Hold tight. And at some point, those things that did not make one bit of sense will begin to say, oh, I can see God working in the midst of this. God is good. That really means all things. All things work together. All means all. Including this. In the search phase, you might want to do some things like maybe get some help. Get some help. Talk to somebody. Pray it through. Uh, get some counsel. Talk to your pastors. Talk to your leaders. If you need to see a professional, by all means, do that. Find out what's going on the best of your ability, but don't lose your trust in God. He's got this. He does. And I can tell you, Kevin, that in the midst of the darkest times of my own cancer experience, I sometimes would sit by myself and I'd say, Lord, I'm not, I'm not afraid to die. I mean, I know where I'm going to go, but I wouldn't mind sticking around a little bit longer to see how the grandkids turn out. And, and if you still would use me to be able to be here today, I want to do it with all of my heart to the glory of God. And I do get to be here with you today. Praise God. And um, I thank the Lord for that. Yes, thank you. Amen. You need a hand? Um, I wanted him to take a time to go through that because those of us that have ever dealt with great moments of grief or disappointment in our lives know that process well. And if you're in the search stage, be careful what voices you listen to. Because if TikTok is your answer to, <laughs> to what problem you're going through, if you, you're expecting to find truth from TikTok, you're probably not going to do it, all right? A 12-year-old does not have the same source of reference as a guy that's got his doctorate in this and understands, and that's the reason we recommend people going through struggles to places where people can help you. So all that being said, I, I just I felt like God wanted us to take a few moments and unpack that 
Uh, that search phase for me a couple of times in my life meant that I read good quality books. I went to counseling for quite some time. Right? I was honest with some people close to me. Really honest. Really honest. I found Bob Stetz. He and I became so honest with one another. And he told me I was a world-class idiot. And I listened. And it saved my life. Who in your world can you trust enough to tell you the truth in love? These are steps to get you through a rough time. And one more thing, and then we're done, all right? Uh, We're going to be done. I'm going to have the band sing. Can you sing? Uh, You you know what to do. Come on. All right, here's, here's the last thing. This story you're going to tell now, the story you're in right now is going to be something you're going to repeat in 20 years. And it's going to be about 30 seconds. Yeah, when my wife left me, things were really rough. But you know what? We made it through. Right? What's going to be the story you tell? That last line you tell? That last line. Depends on your faith. Stay rooted grounded to God. That last line depends upon your faith. So would you stand with me? And we're going to, we're going to just apply this. You need a moment or two to apply it. I wanted, I had planned for what I wanted to do today. I felt the Holy Spirit just, when he went through those four S's, I felt the Holy Spirit needed to stop us and talk about it. And uh, my plan was I was going to invite you to the altar and have you pray. And we were maybe going to have Dr. Litchie pray for you. But felt it was more important to do what I felt the Holy Spirit was leading us in. So would you, right now, would you just internalize this? Would you pray, God, help me make it through. Help me to go to the right places to find the right answers so that when I wind up in Malta, there's always a better place on the other side.